I feel like when I bought my first house in cash, that was kind of like, oh, you know, I'm like, something's working. I'm doing something right. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Creator Economics, Episode 7. And today we have a special guest coming to you from Houston, Texas. I'm in Dallas. Blake's in Detroit. Three different areas. This creator has over 25 million, yes, I said that correctly, 25 million subscribers. And this was a number that we just threw out there and I couldn't believe it, 8.4 billion total views across those channels. That's not a typo, it is 8.4 billion views. He's one of the biggest family-friendly creators on YouTube. This should be an interesting discussion, channeling business, Minecraft, YouTube, welcome, unspeakable, or Nathan, I'm going to call you Nathan. I don't really ever call you unspeakable, uh, yeah. but unspeakable gaming. Welcome to the podcast. What's up? What's up? Thank you so much for having me. This is actually my first podcast I've ever been on, so I feel honored. Wow. I was on one pod. Okay, I was on one podcast like a year or two ago, but it wasn't like an official kind of like it wasn't aired on anything. It was just for fun. Yeah, don't take but, that away from us. We'll take yeah. it. First podcast. <laughs> First podcast. So let's make it a good one. There we go. And, and this always uh, a place that I want to start with most YouTube creators that we speak with is like, when did you start YouTube? And was this something that you had envisioned yourself always doing? Good question. Yeah. So I envisioned myself doing it. Yes. But I didn't envision it getting as big as it is. Um, I don't think. I think most people can probably feel the same way. Uh, I started YouTube in 20, probably the end of 2010 or beginning of 2011. I had this one channel and I did like probably 10 or 20 videos on it and I just deleted it because I hated the channel. I hated <laughs> the way I recorded. My, my name was something stupid. It was like Mr. Gaming. Like I was like, this is the most unoriginal terrible thing that I've ever seen. So I deleted it, scrapped all of it, and I came up with the name Unspeakable, and that's where Unspeakable Gaming was born. Um, so I have three YouTube channels today. Unspeakable Gaming was my original one, my first ever channel, or second channel, I guess you can say. But um, yeah, so it's been well, about nine years, coming up wow. on 10. Were you in school at that time or was yes, that after after school? Yeah, I was in school. I was in, um, when I started the channel, I think I was actually in eighth grade going into high school. So yeah, I pretty much did YouTube throughout my entire four years of high school. Wait, for, for context, how old are you now? Right now, I'm 22. Oh my gosh, that is, that's crazy. <laughs> Yeah. So when did when did you officially jump into to it full time? Was it just right after high school, or did you drop out of high school? Um, pretty much jumping into it full time. I mean, I tried to do as much as I could during high school, but obviously high school took up a lot of time. I was in sports and all that. So yeah, I would say when I when I graduated, I was full time. When I graduated high school, I think I was almost at a million subscribers. Do you, do you remember back when you started YouTube, like who, like what channels you were watching and who you took inspiration from? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I watched Captain Sparkles. Um, PewDiePie was obviously one of the biggest, still is the biggest. Um, I watched Jerome ASF. Um, 
Uh, all the big like OG Minecraft creators, Beijing Canadian, Mitch. Um, I'd say that's about it. I, I only had about three or four people that I'd really watch. Is that so? Is that why? Because you started with Minecraft, correct? There wasn't another yes. video game. It was all Minecraft. No, started with Minecraft. Yeah. So I want to. I think the the rabbit hole we could go down with Minecraft is is quite large. Um, but I do want to ask you some Minecraft questions, and you know, this is something that I've found very interesting over the last six to eight months. Is there's still like this old. I, I don't even want to say old Minecraft guard because uh, you guys appeal to still young kids that are, are watching Minecraft. But I feel like Minecraft's broken into like two different segments on YouTube right now. It's like these long uh, dream-esque videos uh, that I think 16 to 18 year olds are watching. And then there's the content that you kind of specialized in and, and Preston and, and some of the other guys uh, that appeal to that like 10 to 16 year old range. Do you, what, what do you think? And why do you think there's been a rise in content within Minecraft that has appealed to an older age? Like, cause I, I'm still fascinated by dreams channel yeah. every time I see it. So it's a good question and it's a hard question as well. I think, um, with Minecraft history kind of repeats itself, um, back in the older days, you know, everyone was doing, um, you know, hunger games videos. They would do survival videos. They would just do simple simple competitions in Minecraft and that's what got millions of views and then eventually that stuff died off and everyone started doing some bunch of weird stuff in Minecraft everyone was just kind of doing their own thing you know role plays were happening role plays were huge um, and then once we got past the whole role play phase now we're in this random phase of like you know who can steal each other's diamonds and who can prank each your friends and all this stuff and now I feel like it's kind of going back to what we had, you know, four or five years ago where we're playing Minecraft Hunger Games. You know, we're doing these speedrunner things. Speedrunner, Minecraft speedrunner has always been a thing. You know, Dream didn't like create it. People have always been playing that, but it's just, he made it huge. Now, how he made it huge, I think one of the reasons is definitely because the dude's insanely good at Minecraft, but also I think it's because Minecraft is repeating itself. Um, I guarantee you if Dream or, you know, Mr. Beast, Preston, one of these big Minecraft YouTubers would upload like a Minecraft Hunger Games. Everyone else would start uploading it and that would be the new trend. Even though we've already been through the Minecraft Hunger Game phases, you know, four or five years ago where that's only what people played. So I think, yeah, I mean, history just kind of repeats itself. And I think the creators just kind of control the market. But at the same time, the viewers kind of decide what's popular. Wow. Yeah, I, I think watching that rise and I, I think for me, it's just crazy because Minecraft is still, you know, number one and, and continues to be number one on YouTube. When you were watching even back in the day, like, were you just playing Minecraft for fun and then you just decided like, oh, I should just start making videos or how did you think about that? Yeah, literally. So like, well, I used to make videos like just in my room, like just stupid stuff. I mean. I, we actually made little vlogs and um, we'd make the dumbest videos of like us playing airsoft or paintball or, you know, I'd make videos about my Lego castle that I built or whatever. Um, and then obviously one of the games I liked was Minecraft. So I was like, you know, why don't I make Minecraft videos? Because that's so easy. Making vlogs is hard because I'm like, I don't even have a camera. I don't even know where to begin. Like, I'm not about to make a video over my all my monster truck collection. Like, this, no one cares about this. But um, so I was like, recording Minecraft videos is so easy. Anyone can do it. 
you know, all I gotta do is download OBS. I don't even need a face cam. All I need is a computer and a mic, and that's it. And I can start making Minecraft videos, and that's just how it started. Because I was like, I just, this is just fun. I love the game. Why not try to commentate over it and just, I don't know. It's like the move. It's what everyone was doing. So I, I think it's a, it's one of those things where it just continues to grow. Well, I mean, I think right now it's it's for sure having a moment with, with Dream and Tommy and these people. Do you think that Minecraft like has staying power for another like 5, 10, 15, 20 years? Like, how do you think about that as uh, the life cycle of these games? Because I, I mean, I play a lot of League of Legends and people are always like, I don't know, there's going to be another game that replaces that. But like in my mind, I, I think I can make a case that it's going to be around for 20 years. But I'm curious for Minecraft how you think about it. I mean... It's hard because, like, no one really knows the future. But I think as long as the audience is there, as long as the as long as there's demand and as long as the content is there, I think Minecraft will stick as around as forever. Maybe honestly, I mean, it could be five, ten, fifteen. I could easily see it being twenty years. It's just because it's such a diverse game. I mean, there's no limits to what you can do in it. Um, it's like recreating life almost in a way. Like you know, there's there's no limits. I, I think it's going to be around for quite a while. Let So this is something that, that I always find interesting. And before I started working with you and Preston, I knew nothing about, like obviously I played Minecraft. I knew nothing about servers and, and owning and running your own server. So let's talk about the ways that creators outside of AdSense, but let's just specifically talk about Minecraft creators and how you guys are are making money and like the different buckets. Uh, because I want people to understand that are listening to this podcast that you know Minecraft presents a lot of opportunities to you know build your own maps and creations for your videos, but it also presents a lot of opportunities to make money in other areas that people probably didn't even know existed. Yeah, so there's a lot. I mean, just kind of depends on what route you want to take. I mean. You have, obviously, AdSense will make you income. Um, mer merchandise will make you income. Um, you have Minecraft servers that can make you income. Uh, any type of server, um, even, you know, Roblox servers, um, just about any game, you can make income on the actual game, if it's big enough, at least. Um, I see some creators doing, like, Patreon kind of stuff, where they're, like, you know, support your creator and they'll give you messages every month. Um, that can be a good way to do things. Um, creating, you know, certain campaigns. I mean, it's, it's pretty endless. Um, and then obviously brands reaching out as well. Brands wanting to yep. sponsor things um, is pretty huge. I mean, there's really no end to that. So let's uh, let's dig into servers a little bit deeper because I, I, yeah. I'd imagine you said that Minecraft servers and a lot of people listening to the podcast went, what the hell does that mean? Uh, so <laughs> let's let's dig into like what what is a Minecraft server? How do you create a Minecraft server? And then yeah. the, the most important thing that I think people are probably under, trying to understand is like, how do I monetize a Minecraft server? Yeah, so it's a little difficult and it's definitely changed over the years with Minecraft putting out certain laws with EULA and all that. Um, I mean, but basically what a Minecraft server is, is it's a place where you and a bunch of other people can hop on and play games together. It's almost like when you hop in a Call of Duty lobby and you're, you know, playing Search and Destroy with your friends or whatever. Um, I don't think there's Search and Destroy in Minecraft, but 
there's a bunch of fun games uh, on these servers, you know, Bed Wars, Factions, Skyblock, tons of these popular games, and they make money because people will pay money for either ranks, they'll pay money for special items, um, or they'll donate to the server just because they love it and they're helping out the development team. Now, in terms of making a server, over the years, it's gotten more and more complicated. Now we're seeing these servers uh, have very complex development teams, you know, some of them being with 10 employees, developers, managers uh, around the server. Some of them I've seen teams as big as up to 100 people just for one server. So, I mean, it's a real, running a Minecraft server is a real business for sure. And it's a lot of competition too. It's not like you're just going to start up a server and have 500 players on it next week. It's there's a whole market for it. It's almost like growing a YouTube channel. It's really it's really difficult. So fascinating. Oh my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> so how how big right now? How big is your current team that's like helping you for videos, like building maps? Maybe it's on the Minecraft server side. Like, and and also mm. on top of that question. How old are these kids uh, that are also helping you guys out? Yeah, so most, I mean, pretty much everyone we have is over 21. Um, so I have a Minecraft kind of director that helps me organize uh, a lot of the recordings throughout the week. Uh, right now, we only have two like full-time map creators and everyone else is kind of contracted out. Um, we have a couple... Uh, thumbnail designers that will help us with all their thumbnails and then we have in terms of the server team i want to say with admins and everything oh my gosh i forgot last time i, I want to say it's at least 15 or 20 people mm -hmm. i don't i don't have an exact number but around that range i would say wow is that just for the minecraft side of it yes yeah, yeah. oh my gosh well, I, I guess taking a step back like when did you make your first hire? I guess like it was an editor or like when did you first decide to like grow your your channel in that regard? Because it was it's something that Reed and I have talked quite a bit about. It's it just like I think making that first hire it, it can be a jump, especially with trust. It and is. I'm it curious was, how you thought about all that. It was really scary. So I edited my own my own videos for a really, really long time. I think the first three or four years on YouTube. And even my first three or four years of YouTube didn't really take off that much. So I wasn't like that busy and I only had one channel too. So it wasn't too much to manage. But my first uh, hire was an editor because I thought to myself, if I want to open more channels or if I want to upload more videos, I mean, the only way I can do it is I have to stop editing. I have to stop editing my videos because with how much time I take editing one video, I could record one, two, maybe even three other videos. So that was the first move I made was to hire an editor. Um, then it was, I think my second one was a thumbnail designer. And then my third one was a full-time map creator. And then what's, so what's the current team look like right now across all of your channels? I, I'm guessing, I know the answer to this, but I, I want to ask it so people can understand. Um, uh, are you are you making people work on certain channels? Are people responsible for just you know yeah. all, all, all four? Like, how does that look right now? So right now, the vlogs have the biggest operation. 
it's what we've been focusing on the most just because that's what's pulling the most amount of views, getting the most amount of attention. And it also requires the most amount of work because it's pretty easy to load up a Minecraft world and just record, but it's not as easy to build an entire Lego house or something, you know, a little more advanced. So we have a lot more people focusing on the vlogs. Our current team right now, ah, I don't have an exact number. I want to say 18 or 19 people. I know we're hiring two to three more people like literally this week as we're speaking. And that doesn't include the merch team either or the server team. So if you include those two, you're probably looking at a number of like 35 or and maybe 40. Yeah. So oh my gosh, that's I mean, that's incredible. I mean, you're running like a, a full real business. And I think when yeah. a lot of people look at, at YouTube, they don't realize how much work is actually going into all this. And I think it's yeah, incredible it's, that you've done that. It's <laughs> a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot more than just posting a video. There's so much that goes into it. I mean, I'm building a community. I'm building an active audience. I'm building, you know, these this super fan following. Um, and there is, I mean, I can't begin to stress how much goes on behind the scenes of the vlogs and the vlogs are just ridiculous. Um, you know, the Minecraft videos, that's the easy part. That's that makes any other content just look super, super easy to film. Yeah. So you said, you said vlogs, uh, multiple times, uh, mm -hmm. and we're also talking about a Minecraft channel. So for people listening, those are two separate channels. I remember yes. you and I having a conversation about a year and a half ago as you had started your vlog channel. Uh, and I believe it had under a million subscribers, but it was like catching steam. And you asked me a question of like, hey, what do you think I should do here? Because most of my time is focused on these gaming channels. Uh, what do you think I should do with this real life channel? And it was also at the time when Preston had transitioned his Minecraft channel to a real life channel. Why, why was that important for you to double down on the real life channel and then actually like segment out different channels, one for Minecraft, one for like variety games like what what made that pivot yeah so it's a good question i think you know it's almost like being on every social media platform if you want to be an influencer you want to be on instagram you want to be on twitter you want to be on tiktok and i feel like that's kind of the same way uh as a youtuber you know as a youtuber you kind of want to hit all the categories you want to be a gamer you want to be a vlogger maybe some people want to be a musician um, and that's kind of what I wanted to do. I saw a huge opportunity in vlogging. I saw a huge kind of gap in content that was like, that needed to be filled. I saw, you know, I just, one day I sat down and I thought of vlogs and challenges that I could do. And my list was endless. I mean, I literally created a three, four page list of ideas. And I was like, if you think about it, you know, there's no limit to what you can do in a vlog because this is real life. You know, really the only limit, the only thing that's stopping us is, you know, money, honestly. Like, how much money do I have to spend on this video? You know, can I can I buy a house and can I do this? Can I, you know, buy a Lamborghini and then give it away? Um, that's really the only thing that stops uh, the, the content, I feel like. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think you've executed really well on this multi-channel strategy. And, and I think Reed is, has several clients that have been able to do that. And I think it's, it's really, I, I give you a ton of credit because I, I can't even imagine. I mean, I look at these channels and I, I think you probably have four or five that you're active on right now and uploading. And, and these are, I mean, 
it's not just active. Like you're uploading multiple times per week to these channels. And I think there's <laughs> most creators are struggling to get like one video out per week. I'm curious how you think about like, uh, is it a lot of that on your team to help? Like you're coming up with the ideas and then you're like, okay, I'm, I'm showing up, we're shooting. And then like, we're gonna get a video out. Or how do you think about just that process of coming up with ideas and then actually making sure that you get a video out on all these channels per week? Yeah, so we've pretty much nailed it down to a point where we've almost perfected it, but uh, I will show up at a time, let's say 10 o'clock in the morning, for instance. I'll show up at 10 o'clock, and when I show up within, you know, 15 to 20 minutes, we will start filming. Everything will be set up, whether it's a vlog or it's a Minecraft video, everything is set up. Everything is planned. Everything is ready to go. The only thing we need to do is get our mics on and start rolling. Um, and then the second we stop filming, we are either moving on to another video or I'm going on to something else, whether it be a meeting, a discussion, um, you know, off to the next shooting location. So it's pretty much nonstop. Um, I, we used to be struggling because I would think of everything. I would think of the ideas for all the channels. I would, because not only do you need an idea for a video, but you also need to figure out what is going to happen throughout the entire video. So it's not like we just think of an idea and then we just pick up the camera and start filming. No, we need, you know, what's going to happen in the video. If we're doing 12 weird ways to sneak candy into a movie theater, we need 12 different ways. We need a movie theater. We need candy. We need all these props. We need, um, tickets we need like there's just so many small things that go into it um maybe we need a different lens for our camera because since a movie theater is low lighting we're gonna have to you know raise the exposure or lower it or whatever i'm not a videographer so i don't know but <laughs> um but yeah there's it's just a lot it's a lot that goes into it what's one thing so you started minecraft or started making youtube videos early on What's one thing that you've learned over this process now of multiple channels and content diversification that you wish you had known when you first started creating content on YouTube? Is there one thing that stands out to you? Because I'm guessing you know, this would also help a lot of smaller creators who are potentially listening to this, who are like trying to start their career and make it right now that probably don't know what you're about to tell them, or maybe it's some little you know, thing about YouTube that you've just learned. Yeah, I mean... Definitely a hard question for sure. Um, you kind of just have to find your own style. And you also don't want to copy people. I feel like a lot of people when they start off YouTube or they start something big that they want to do and accomplish, they're copying people. And, you know, it's not necessarily, I mean, it's not a bad thing, but you just don't want to do it because it's not going to be original. And I think a lot of people copy people because they, they look up to the biggest person in that space and they're kind of seeing the moves they make, the seeing, seeing the things they do and they start doing moves like them because they want to be big like them, like Mr. Beast, like PewDiePie. Um, but the thing is, is like, you know, Mr. Beast, PewDiePie, these bigger creators, they're always going to be one, two, 15 steps ahead of you. You know, you're never going to be able to catch them because they already did that stuff. So it's really just about, you know, being original, trying to do your own challenges. Um, now, of course, a lot of the videos I've made, people have made before, but I do like to put my own twist to them. I like to make them different. Um, I mean, you know, I'm not copying people people's video like 
word for word, like, um, but yeah, I mean, we like to, like a lot of the challenges that we do, we're trying to make stuff that no one has ever made before or no one has ever, um, created. And the other thing is like, obviously for coming up and being a new creator, you're going to fail a lot. Uh, like every video is just going to fall flat on its face. I mean, I remember when I first started YouTube, I remember the first video I uploaded, it had zero views for an entire week. Zero views. I mean, nothing. I mean, okay, it had four or five views, but those four or five <laughs> views were from me clicking on the video, refreshing it, seeing if it got any more views. And you got to think of YouTube as like a, um, you're slowly just building momentum. You know, and the biggest thing is you have to stay consistent with it. You're building momentum. And the second you stop uh, being consistent, you stop uploading good, awesome content, you're going to fall on your face and all your momentum is just going to be lost. Um, so it's hard to be, it's hard to, it's definitely hard to keep up with. But at the end of the day, you got to have fun. You got to be authentic. You got to be yourself. Um, and make content that no one's ever seen before. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you, you just touched on something that I, I think is totally key here where it's, it is really hard to continually put out like high quality, uh, content over an extended period of time. I, I mean, for you, you're doing it across four or five channels and you've been doing this for what, like almost 10 years. How, how do you think about just avoiding that burnout or, uh, the fatigue of that. I, I have to imagine uh, there's a there's like a constant burn of like, oh my gosh, I need to put out a great video. I need this yeah. channel or this video to pre uh, perform well. How do you just think about all that? Um, I don't know. It's really hard. It's like a hard question. Um, take some days off, I guess. I mean, <laughs> um, at the end of the day, I mean, like I'm extremely passionate about making videos and I think that's why I haven't get haven't gotten burned out um if i didn't have the passion that i have i mean like i don't think i would i would have been burnt out a long time ago i would have stopped youtube a long time ago so i think that's like one of the biggest things that drives me is this is my passion and i don't feel like i'm working when i'm here at the office late at night or i'm you know waking up at eight o'clock in the morning to go film vlogs i don't feel like I'm working. I'm feeling like I'm going to do something fun, even though that day I may be filming for only two hours and the other six hours I'm sitting in meetings. I still feel like I'm having a lot of fun because everything is just going towards my passion. Yeah. What, one thing Nathan's done really well too, is like, you're really good at disconnecting from your YouTube company and like taking a three day vacation uh, shutting your phone off, like going, oh, with, I'm not you know, that good. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe not the shutting your phone off, but like, you know, like you going to like Aspen, like do you traveling, right? Like disconnecting yeah. through travel, like you've gotten really good at that. And I think yeah. some of, you know, other YouTubers can really learn from you of like, Hey, if you're going to work really hard, make sure you enjoy life along the way. And I think that's one thing that that yeah, you've been able to do really well and you're still young, like you have a long career ahead of you. And I think if you had that mentality of like, I'm going to work seven days a week, I'm going to outgrind people, you would eventually burn out. But I, I think you have a, you have a really good like balance of this right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think it's really important to just live in the moment. I mean, whatever you're doing, just be all in, you know, if I'm filming a vlog, I'm 100% there in the vlog. If I'm 
at home playing with my cat. I'm focusing on playing with my cat. I'm not focusing on the blog that I filmed three hours ago. So, Do you feel like you're trying to catch someone on YouTube? Are you competing against yourself? When you think about competition, like what, what's, what's driving you to continue to grow on YouTube? Um, that's a good question too. I mean, I'm not really I'm like spitting I mean, out good questions, Nathan. <laughs> Every question is a good question. You're hitting me with good ones. Okay. <laughs> These are all really, really good questions. I, I, I mean, obviously, yes, people, other creators larger than me are my competition. And do I want to pass them and views and subs and all of that? Yeah, that would be awesome. But that's not really what drives me. I think what drives me is just being able to create hilarious videos that people can enjoy. And at the end of the day, when I see all of these kids, you know, be so happy about watching the video and, you know, one week when we don't upload or we miss one day and people are freaking out and they're like, I, you know, I'm getting tagged in all this stuff. Where is unspeakable? Where is he? You know, I think it's like, that's really what drives me is all the fans. I, I think, if I didn't have all these fans just supporting me and just loving these content and every video we post is getting, you know, a hundred thousand plus likes and 10,000 comments. I don't, you know, I think that's really what drives me is, you know, coming back to all those fans and producing a better video each week. Do you remember, I guess, like a specific moment early on where you were like, I made it or like, I'm, this is actually working? Do you think it was when you hit that million subscribers? Like, was it your first brand deal? Or like, when, when do you think like your parents or I'm assuming your parents are probably all bought in at this point. But like, uh, when when were you like, your parents are like, oh my gosh, this is real. Or when did you feel yeah. like you, it's like, this is taking off? I mean, I don't think I ever made it because I feel like if I tell myself I made it, then I'm going to stop trying. You know, so I, I've never made it. I'm, you know, just getting started, honestly. But I feel like when I bought my first house in cash, that was kind of like, oh, you know, I'm like, something's working. I'm doing something right. Um, when I bought my first house in cash and I moved out at 19 years old, yeah right after high school when most people were trying to figure out which college I should go to. I bought my first house in cash and I moved in, bought all the furniture, bought everything for it, bought a new car. And it's not like I was going on a spending spree or anything. It's just the things I, I needed because I wanted to get out of my parents' house. I wanted to start kind of a new era of my life um, and pursue YouTube full time. And your your family, you know, parts of your family are still involved in the company. So you, your mom runs your you know merch company. Mm -hmm. You want to talk a little bit about that? I, I think a lot of YouTubers kind of default to like outsourcing to a company that exists, like a FanJoy or something like that. You've kind of um, been able you've been able to build an internal merch company over the last four years uh, yes. that has scaled pretty wide uh, into other categories like toys and and things that you've created now. Uh, let's yeah. talk a little bit about that because that's a so, that's a large business we haven't touched on. So merch is pretty huge. Um, I started merch about I want to say four years ago, and I started off you know contacting some random designer that I found on Twitter, and I was like, hey man, I need a you know I need a logo for my brand. I don't really know what I want, but I, I want it to say unspeakable, and that's about all I knew. So finally got a logo. And then what I did is I didn't want to go to one of these companies. Like 
I do everything the hard way because I feel like if you do it the hard way, that's the right way. So I was like, I'm going to do all this myself because I want to learn how to make a merch company. So after I got my logo, I contacted a screen printing company that was in my area that had a lot of great reviews. I think I got um, three or 400 shirts printed and maybe like 200 hats, um, three or four different colors, and they all came in all different sizes, all the youth sizes, all the adult sizes, whatever. Went over to Home Depot after that. I bought some shelves and... Uh, and this was still at my mom's house. I was still living at my mom's house and I had, we had a two car, two car garage and we didn't have a big house or anything fancy like that. We're in a pretty normal neighborhood, but my, she, she gave me my part of the garage since I, since I was old enough to drive a car and I moved my car outside. I cleared everything out and I made that spot in my garage, my new merch fulfillment center. <laughs> So I started promoting merch on the channel. And when I started promoting merch on the channel, I think I was almost at a million subs. And then um, pretty much from there, it just grew. Merchandise grew with the channel. You know, right. as I made more videos, I promoted more merch. As I promoted more merch, you know, some of the merch promos that I would put on videos would get a million views. And it was just, you know, I was just marketing my merch. Um, and eventually it got to the point where we had to move merchandise um, into the house and it took over the biggest room and the garage. And then it got to the point where I couldn't handle it because I was focusing a lot on my videos. So my mom wasn't working at the time. So she was like, I'll take over. And I was like, sure thing. I mean, you already live here, like take over. So she started fulfilling stuff. And then it got to the point where I moved out of the house because one, I wanted to move out and you know start my own thing, but also the merchandise was actually flowing over into my room, so <laughs> turned my room into more merch fulfillment. Um, and then you know further down the line, we eventually got we got our first office space, which I think was like about three thousand square feet, and we outgrew that. And um, oh, and we had five or six employees there, and then we completely outgrew that, and now we're in a. 8,000 square foot warehouse. We have nearly 300,000 uh, products in stock um, and we're doing well over 10,000 orders a month. Wow. Gosh. Yeah. So it's a, it's grown huge. I mean, we have U USPS coming every hour to pick up stuff. <laughs> um, it's, pretty unreal how much it's grown i obviously didn't see it see it getting this big and i i don't know what i'm going to do with myself in two to three years when i have to get another warehouse <laughs> so you're you're 22 years old how much longer how much longer do you think you're going to be doing this like do you think this is something you're going to do well into your 30s is there other things that you want to accomplish by the time you're 30 yeah have you thought about this at all Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so I think Minecraft doesn't have too much time left with me at least, um, mainly because I want to start focusing more into vlogs because I think that's, that's where my passion has kind of drifted into. I've been doing Minecraft for almost 10 years now mm -hmm. and I will not going to lie. It's very, very boring. I, I don't really have a lot of fun 
with the game anymore. Um, I have fun when I play with friends, but when I record by myself, I do kind of dread it. Um, but vlogs, so, so much fun. In terms of the future, um, obviously I actively invest into a, a bunch of companies. Um, but I think what I really want to get into is real estate. I think it really fascinates me. Um, I'm actually coming up pretty soon on buying my first apartment complex. So that is the first goal. And eventually I, I hope to be 40 years old and own maybe a couple thousand units. That would be great. Um, but we'll see how it goes. I think it's going to be another whole roller coaster. But that's amazing. And yeah. I guess just given your audience and like the age or the demographic for your audience, like I imagine so many of them look up to you in the sense that they want to become creators one day themselves. I imagine a lot of these young kids are are really aspirational and they're like, this is the dream job. I think we hear that uh-huh. often now. What advice would you give to them uh, if they're like thinking about like they're watching Unspeakable and they're they're telling their parents like I want to be Unspeakable one day? What advice would you give to them or or any rising creator who's who's thinking about making it in uh, social media today or YouTube? Oh, I mean, number one, work hard, like really hard. Um, I mean, you gotta have a passion for it for sure like a i'm dying i must make a youtube video kind of passion like it has to be like you have to go throughout the day and that's the only thing you can think about and if you don't have a passion that strong then you probably won't make it i mean youtube is very competitive there's a lot of people trying to do it it's very hard to grow you have to be very unique And you have to know how to entertain and hold an audience of people. You know, you're basically making yourself a celebrity off of nothing, you know? So you have to have a unique talent, a unique thing for people to watch you, you know? It's... Yeah, that's a good point. I'm so worried that young kids are so fascinated with how much money can be made on YouTube that they lose the point that, you know, you, Preston, Jimmy, Andre, like all these guys had been doing this for seven years before they even became somewhat popular. It was, yeah. You guys started to do it for the love of making videos, right? And I feel like a lot of young kids now are like, oh, a lot of money can be made because, you know, the Forbes top 10 list, it's pretty eye-opening when you look at that list of how much money is being made over here. And now all these kids think that, oh, I can just make videos for a couple of years and become a millionaire on YouTube. And that's just not the case. Like you have to be so overly obsessed with making content and videos. And I would say like you and, and most of the guys I work with, like you guys live and breathe this industry. Like you guys are as consumed in this as I've ever, ever witnessed anyone being consumed in something. Yeah. I mean, it's my entire life. Like, it, no, I'm being serious this my entire life if i didn't have youtube i would be like a lost puppy like i don't really know you and jimmy you you guys could wander on around the streets together yeah literally (laughs) it consumes you it really does but it's you know if it's your passion and you're happy doing what you love every day then nothing else matters i mean i think that's like the true Mm -hmm. definition of happiness honestly yeah so agreed 
So uh, Riot Games recently bought, you know, what they were originally calling it a, a game that could take on Minecraft. Nothing's been launched yet. I don't know where they're at in the development process, uh, but it was called Hightail. And I don't know if you ever got to play the demo. Uh, a few of our creators did a couple of years ago. You said that you were getting bored of Minecraft content. Uh, understandably, like I totally get that. Do you think there's a world where you just completely pivot the unspeakable gaming channel to all Hightail content? Definitely. Yeah, I mean, if the demand, like I, like we were talking about earlier, if the demand is there, if the audience is there, definitely, for sure. It'll it'll be interesting to see if they allow servers and if they mm -hmm. have a EULA uh, and, and some of this. I'd imagine Riot's probably not going to let creators uh, make their own servers, but we'll see. I just have a feeling that the next wave um, of content will come from Hightail. If this game ever launches, who knows? Yeah. Um, I, Blake probably knows more than I do. He's closer to the Riot team. But. I, I don't know anything, I promise. I, I, I But I, I think it is interesting to think about of uh, given, especially what we were talking about earlier, where, where Minecraft is now at this like, very clear point of, of becoming a dominant spot and Riot coming in and, you know, who knows what, what this game's like. And uh, if it's anything like we expect from a Riot game, it, it could be really, really exciting and spice the entire scene up. Mm -hmm. Nathan, uh, why do you think Quibi failed? Out of curiosity, Quibi. Yeah, remind me what that was again. There, see, that's exactly why Quibi <laughs> failed right there. No I'm, no, I'm serious. I'm not lying. What was that? <laughs> that no, it really it rings a bell. But remind me what it was. So it, Quibi was basically like a, it was like a mobile first uh, streaming service or OTT okay. service uh, that came out with short bite that were bites of clip or like five minute clips that they called, I believe quibbies. I think that was like the whole story. Yeah. Right. Uh, and they started launching all this like high end content uh, with different celebrities. And they ended up launching six months ago. What was it? Five 99, I can't remember what the subscription was uh, to a pretty lackluster uh, launch, uh, but they ended up raising close to $1.6 billion to launch this thing. Wow. Uh, and the company, the company only lasted six months after its launch. And so, yeah, it, it, interesting. You had to pay for subscriptions. Yeah, it was like uh, it was like yeah. a mobile first version of Netflix, right? Blake, am I totally off on that? No, no, no. I tried to right, explain it right. as best yeah, as I could. It's, uh, it was ah. they 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 took a path of uh, trying to pay like traditional celebrities to create like originals and and uh, mm -hmm. on on the platform, and so there was tons of like Quibi first content on on this platform, and uh, yeah, I mean it was crazy to watch they spent a ton uh to acquire just, all of that and yeah yeah i mean i i think that failed because i don't think there's a demand for that really i don't think like you know we see celebrities for what they are you know whether they're making music whether it's the rock and movies but like how many of those diehard celebrity fans would actually pay to you know, see something like that, you know, mm -hmm. and they're also competing with, you know, some of the biggest platforms in the industry that have already been around for so, so long. So it's, I don't yeah. know. I mean, I think the, the platform space is pretty rough. I've invested into some that have just fallen flat on their face. So it's, and I'll probably won't invest in another one for a while. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's good. I probably like, won't when, let you. When's either, the so. last? When's the last platform that you've seen that's taken off? Probably TikTok. But before TikTok, what was the last platform that made it huge? You know, you probably can't really think of one, honestly. Like, 
I think it was probably Twitch. Is, yeah, but think, Twitch has been around for a no, long time. No, I know, yeah. Time. Which is, yeah, long, long time long, ago. Long but I think that's time. the last one that's probably broken through. It, yeah, I, I mean, you got to think, people are only going to have so many apps and so many social media on their phones. I don't think we'll ever get to a point where we have, you know, 15 different social media apps because no one has the time to keep up with that stuff. You know, yeah. they're going to have their TikTok, their Instagram, their Facebook, their YouTube, and that's about it. You know, if anything else gets thrown into the mix, you know, people are feel like they're going to be overwhelmed. Yeah, you're everyone's competing for attention. And I feel like YouTube creators like yourself have been able to gather a large amount of attention from kids every single day. I mean, you're yeah. putting content out, what, three videos a week on uh, two videos a week on the vlog channel, three to four three. on the gaming. Yeah, I mean, the amount of content that you're putting out is just not feasible for any of these large streaming platforms. It would cost yeah. them a crazy amount of money to put out the volume that you're putting out. And uh, out of curiosity, that how, how are you prioritizing TikTok right now? Because you're, you're so heavily based uh, and focused on YouTube. Is TikTok part of the strategy? Yeah, it's definitely part of the strategy. So we're we're filming some TikToks. Um, it's kind of difficult because you know we want to be original and we don't want to just copy big TikToks. But that's kind of what we've been doing because it's hard to think of like original ones. Mm -hmm. uh, honestly, some of the TikToks that I guess you could say are original that no one's done before are some of the ones that we've actually just taken from vlogs. We just had this TikTok the other day that we took from our Halloween video and it was just something dumb where I'm like acting like a kid and I'm, you know, answering or knocking the door for candy, whatever. It was, it was hilarious though. But, you know, that TikTok is only, I think it's been up for three days now. It's almost got 4 million views. You know, I, I don't know. TikTok's an interesting place because like the, I feel like the dumber stuff you post, the more attention it gets, like, or the weirder stuff. Like, it's just like, I don't even understand. Like, like some of our TikToks that are amazing, super well done. And they're like, but they're still entertaining too terrible. You know, it's like the, like, I think my most famous TikTok is, um, is that Halloween, the one that we just posted. And then it's another one of me jumping on a trampoline, but I'm doing a super weird jump where my legs almost like touch my like shoulders. And I'm pretty sure that has like four or 5 million views. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, but yeah, uh, we're definitely utilizing TikTok. It's a very, very powerful platform <laughs> and it's super easy to grow on it too um, and get attention on it. Out of, out of all the platforms that I've ever seen, it's very easy to grow on. Totally agree. Where do you, do you think you can predict, like if you were to say five years from now, how many subscribers do you think you'd have? Ooh, hopefully 50 million. On one channel or cumulatively? Uh, one channel. One channel? And I'm guessing yeah. that channel would be the vlog channel? I think that channel will grow the fastest, yes. For sure. Okay. So 50 million subs. October 29th of 2025. Yeah, that's the goal. I mean, I think, okay. I mean, at the rate we're going at right now, we'll probably hit it before then. But <laughs> It's crazy to think like the, the norm now is like to be a big YouTuber is 10 million. It used to be a million, you know, 10 years from now, is it going to be like the thresholds 50? Like if you're, if you don't have 50 million subscribers, you're not a big YouTuber. It's weird to think about, but like, that's kind of where we're headed. 
Yeah, I mean, it will be. People are only going to get more and more followers as long as YouTube keeps growing. I mean, right now, most subscribed YouTubers, you know, what is it, 107, 110 million subscribers? Most uh, subscribed have, to? Yeah, it's way, way higher. I think it's in the 140s, right? T-Series? Oh, really? I was in yeah. T-Series? Okay. I, I, they might even be higher now. I know Felix is like, I, yeah, it, it moves so quickly. Coco yeah. Melon's probably over 100 million now. Yeah, but I, I mean, if you think about like, um, if you think about Instagram, for example, like you have like Kylie Jenner that has like 200 million followers, Yeah, you know, like I feel like Instagram, if you have a million followers on Instagram, like, yeah, that's a lot of followers, but a lot of people actually have a million followers. You know, there's not a lot of people on YouTube that have a million subs. So yeah, I think we're definitely getting to the point where 10 million subs isn't going to be a lot and 25, 30 million is going to be kind of like the norm, like, oh, you're a big YouTuber now, you know? Yeah. Crazy to think about. When I first logged on the platform, I thought a million was eye-opening. And now you see so many creators with a million subs, and you're like, ah, kind of a small channel. Like, maybe they'll yeah. catch on. <laughs> maybe they'll catch on one day and no, get to really, 5 yeah. million. It's just crazy that this is what this has become. Yeah. Uh, I, I just don't, I don't see it going anywhere. I think I would, if of any platform, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, I would bet on YouTube over the course of the next five years over every other platform. And it's not yeah. even close. Yeah. I mean, I think YouTube's very strong. I mean, the, the revenue, I think what carries YouTube so much is um, the revenue that you can make on YouTube. You know, I really don't think another platform will be able to duplicate the type of ads and the type of money you can make on YouTube. You know, Facebook can't do it. Instagram can't do it. I mean, maybe they can do it, but it might take them years. Mm -hmm. They might have to change up their entire platform, you know. So, like, the opportunity that YouTube gives, I mean, without YouTube, I wouldn't be able to make my videos because I wouldn't have enough money to pay my 25 different employees that work full time. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I think YouTube's going to be around for, for a long, long time. Yeah. And also you could step away tomorrow and you would just continue to receive those residual checks from those VODs that live on your channel for who knows how long. Yeah. Do, because... you, th do you think you're ever going to get to a point where you say, hey, I no longer want to do YouTube, but I want to keep my channel alive. And that might be when you hit 50 million subs. Like, have you ever thought about how do you transition yourself out of the channel, but still keep the unspeakable brand alive on YouTube? Ooh, that's. I know I'm throwing yeah. fire right now. <laughs> I know it's it's hard because like I am the life of the channel. Yep. You know I'm like the star. That's almost like saying how do you be the rock without the rock? You know. Mm -hmm. So I think the only way to do it is to introduce other people into the videos and have them slowly take over. And I think doing something like that is definitely possible if I wanted to exit and get out of the channel, but it would take a long time. What I would do is I would have people come in to the channel and start to be in all the videos and have them slowly over time, just slowly take everything over. You know, each video we upload, they'll kind of take a little bit more incentive. They'll take a little bit more commentary. They'll take a little bit more of the challenge and the funniest bits. And then slowly over time, people will start to love them. And eventually it will just get to the point where it's like, Unspeakable is barely in the videos anymore. 
Yeah. Um, where did where did he go? So I think it's <laughs> it's definitely possible. I think it would probably take a year or two to do. Yeah. Um, but I think we're at that point. Do it. Yeah. It is possible to do it with still keeping the channel on track and it's still getting millions and millions of views um, mm -hmm. without me being there. I think. It's, it's yeah, I think I think we're coming to that point where we're going to see some YouTube, larger YouTube channels try and exit the main talent while also trying to bring someone in to take over. So I think yeah. the next like two two to three years, we're going to see people but, try and do this and it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Yeah, the only thing is, is you can't just make a harsh cut with it. Yeah. Because that's going to kill, like, completely kill the channel. I mean, like, I don't know if you guys remember what Ray William Johnson. Yep. He was the star of his channel. Everyone absolutely loved him. He was hilarious. And then one day he just stopped. And then, like, and then the next video I uploaded was a completely different guy. And he's just like, yo, I'm the new host. And everyone hated him. And his whole channel, like, just went skyrocketing downhill. So that's not the way to do it. <laughs> yeah, let's let's not do that. We'll we'll make it like a two to three year transition. Yeah, it will we'll get have someone to be else a in there. Multiple year transition. For yeah, I I just I see a lot of larger YouTube channels where the talent's getting in their early thirties, late thirties, where they're going to be like, you know what, it's time for me to step away. But yep. I just don't want to let the channel sit there and not upload ever again. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing how people do this over the course of the next few years. It's interesting. I think it's easily, if, if you do it the right way and you get the right person to take over, it can happen. Yeah, sure. But I agree. It's, it's very sensitive because all these people that watch your videos for so many years love you for you and you can't just take that away, you know? Last question. Is there anything else that you are looking to accomplish before the end of the year? It's almost November 1st. Anything else we have? Before the end of the year, um, I really want to uh, have more editors. <laughs> There's a call um, for editors to get hired you, right you, now. Yeah, you and yeah. every other YouTuber on the planet, I think, right now. We want more editors. I mean, really, we're just trying to build out the rest of the team before the year. We're yep. looking for directors. We're looking for editors. We're looking for uh, PAs that can help us, you know, set up blogs, tear down blogs. Uh, we're just trying to get more employees. We're just trying to get more help, more hands on deck, because the more help we have, the bigger the videos we can make. So, Awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, yeah, first podcast problem. ever. We, uh, we're just under an hour. So thanks for taking time. Not a problem. Thank it was you. a ton of fun. Awesome. Man.